ritual was lovely in form and beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it is better that I give her to you than to some other man. Stay here with me. So Laban's, so Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife. My time is completed, and I want to lie with her. So Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave, her a, gave a feast. But when evening came, listen to that portion. When evening came, he took his daughter Leah and gave her to Jacob. And Jacob lay with her. And Laban gave his servant girl Silpah to his daughter as her maidservant. When morning came, there was Leah. Now verses, I'm going to skip a few portions. Verses 31 on. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loud, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, It is because of the Lord has seen my misery, surely my husband will love me now. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, Because the Lord heard what I am not, that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. Again she conceived. Now at last my husband will become attached to me, because I have borne him three sons. So, she, so he was named Levi. She conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, This time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Hallelujah. By the reading of the scripture, you must know that I'm going to be talking about Leah, the girl that nobody loved. That's the title of my message this morning. The girl that nobody loved. Jacob comes from a family chosen by grace. Jacob's grandfather Abraham was approached by God one day and said, I'm choosing you to be the father of a nation that would love me, that would know me, and that would serve me. You will be a special people. Through you, I want to bring the seed, the son of the woman that I promised to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. I gave that promise of the seed, the son of the woman who will crush the head of the serpent and he is the Messiah and I have chosen you so that I will bring that seed through you. In every generation of your family, 
there will be children but there will be one in each generation that will bear that seed one child will bear the messiah seed the messianic seed and in each generation that child shall be the head of the family that child must pass on pass on the true faith along to the next generation of the family because in each generation there will be a seed bearer until one day one seed will become the seed that one prophet will be the prophet that one priest will be the priests and that one king will be the king of kings and the lord of lords abraham had received this promise and abraham passed this seed to his son isaac i want you to stay with me very closely because there will be no repetition for lack of time when isaac's wife was pregnant she had twins god sent a prophecy to isaac the elder will serve the younger in fact god was saying to isaac that the second one out there will be the seed not the first one not the elder but the younger the elder will serve the younger but isaac ignores what god tells him so he favors the older son esau the older son as a result you and i know how devastation happened in that family in the relationship between these two boys in the relationship between isaac and rebecca and in the relationship between the parents and the children isaac turns into a willful rebellious person and an unrestrained person and jacob into a liar a deceiver and a manipulator now this is the backdrop of the story jacob deceives his brother steals his birthright and the hardship of the family and runs away from his father and his mother after stealing everything that he could the birthright and the blessing from his father esau now wants to kill jacob so jacob flees to his uncle laban jacob is completely messed up he's completely messed up now he has got no faith he has no got no money and he has no place to be called his own it is all over for him he has nothing but the birthright and the blessing but he is the seed bearer for that generation now he is in laban's house his maternal uncle Laban is bringing Jacob as a charity case to his home. 
Jacob has been working now for Laban for about a month and Laban realizes some, something. This guy is an amazing shepherd and he has management skills and he is faithful. If Jacob becomes my foreman, I would be able to expand my operations and will reap great benefit, great profit. And I wouldn't have to pay much to him. So Laban comes to Jacob and says, Jacob, I would like, you, like to make a deal with you. What do you want? So you will keep working for me. Within a month of his arrival, Jacob had his eyes on Laban's younger daughter, Rachel. And Jacob immediately says, Rachel. You know, that's where Jacob made the biggest mistake of his life. When you are dealing with a corn artist, you don't reveal to him your area of weakness. As soon as Laban hears Jacob would do anything to get Rachel, Laban has put a noose around his neck already. See what Laban does. Jacob did not realize that in Laban, he met his real match. Jacob is a liar. Laban is a fat liar. Jacob is a con artist. Laban is a master con artist. And Laban has almost 25 years more experience at it than Jacob. So Laban thinks very fast. I have never a way of dealing with two big problems in my life. I will use this man's weakness to get my way. The first problem, of course, is that I want to make a lot of money. And I can do that using this man as my foreman, as my head shepherd. Now Laban has a second problem at hand. He has two daughters. In verse 16 it says, Laban had two daughters. Listen to me carefully here. The older was Leah. And the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes. But Rachel was lovely in form and was beautiful. The meaning of Leah is weary, weak, or wild cow. Maybe she looked like one at birth. Otherwise, why would somebody call their daughter wild cow? Anyway, she was named Leah. When you look at the many translations, some say Leah had tender eyes, delicate eyes, broken eyes. The meaning of this particular word is kind of obscure. But one thing for sure, they were not pretty eyes. Because the contrast is written about Rachel in the very next sentence. It goes there. Rachel was on the contrary lovely and beautiful. That means Leah was not. Rachel was absolutely gorgeous. And Leah was not. The name Rachel meant sheep or a lamb. 
So if Rachel was a lamb, Leah was a wild cow. Laban's problem is huge. He has an elder daughter in his home who is an absolute liability in that society. A hard to sell commodity in his household. So he said to himself, I will never be able to marry this girl off. Now, I have a great opportunity to get immensely rich and to marry my ugly daughter off who would otherwise be around my neck for the rest of my life. Opportunities like this don't come all that often in life. So he tries to make this deal with Jacob. Jacob says, I'll work seven years for Rachel. What does Laban say in verse 19? It is better that he give her to you than to some other man. He did not say, yes, Jacob, I'm going to give Rachel to you. But Jacob thought that was what he said. Yes, that I will give you Rachel. He didn't say that. He said something that led Jacob to believe that that's what he said. What a con artist this man is. Poor Jacob. He was trapped. After seven years, and Jacob comes to Laban and says, I have done my seven years. Give me my wife. Laban says, of course, Jacob. The wedding feast, guess, at the end of the final celebration, that evening came. People were partying. People were partying through the night. And the girl comes, is being led to the chamber, to Jacob, who is staying there so excited, waiting for seven years for this time of his life. An end to his toil, an end to his weight. But when the morning came, it was Leah. What have I done to what have you done to me? Jacob screamed at Laban. Laban says, Cool down, Jacob. Read the fine print. I cannot break my own law in this country. The older girl must be married first. It is no big deal. Work another seven more years. Rachel will be yours. Poor Leah knew nothing about these deals. All this time. She came to Jacob. As, Jacob was as excited about her as she was excited about him. All dressed up. And with a lot of dreams in her heart. Because of the greed and the manipulations of these two deceiving guys. Do you know what kind of hell this poor girl Leah was put through? She knew nothing of their scheming and their cunning. She finds the day after, the very day after she was married. to her, That her husband, that she married... Married her by mistake. And the person her husband is in love is actually her own younger sister. What a shattering experience. Then Leah starts having children. To Jacob, 
Leah is just an object. Otherwise, why would Leah start having children? Just a thing for her. I'll going to come to that later. There are many important lessons in the passages that we read this morning. One thing I want to first thing sin is not something you do. Sin does you. Sin is not something you do and you walk away, but sin does you. You do not commit sin. Sin commits you. When you do sin, when you break God's law, when you lie and manipulate, when you use somebody, you think you can do those things and move on. You are wrong. Think again. It is not just like that. The Bible says that when you sin, you create and release a devastating power that creates a huge ripple around you huge waves around you and that will last for a long time look at what isaac does to jacob isaac favored esau the older son the elder son growing up Jacob was the disfavored son in his home. He now does the same, the very same thing that his father did to him, to this poor girl Leah. You keep reading. I don't have time to dwell on this. You can read and meditate and learn at home. Growing up, Leah's children hated Rachel's children. and when an opportunity came leah's children casts rachel's son into the pit and later sold him to the ishmaelites you think this happened accidentally and jake and they come and tell jacob that Joseph is dead. Jacob goes through utter hell. Brothers and sisters, I want to remind you this morning that hell begets hell. Lie begets lie. Sin begets sin. You don't do sin. It does you. It's in control of you. You will lose control of sin. You cannot control your sinful life. It's like a boulder that you drop into the water and creating a tsunami after that. You don't get away after sinning that easily. Sin makes you pay for it. And you pay sometimes very dearly. Sometimes without even generational limits. And that's what happened here. You don't sin. Sin does you. The second lesson I want to share with you this morning. That in the morning, it's always Leah. In the morning, it's always Leah. Think of Jacob in the wedding night. 
all excited finally i've got happiness my long years of toil paying off ultimately but in the morning it was leah the leah that jacob never had once thought of the leah that never he never wanted to have his own the leah that he never worked for now the leah is his forever most people would admit that they have desired something in their life that they could never have and they should never have desired they knew they could not get it but they still desired as human nature there are all sorts of things in life in this world that offer to give it to you but they never keep their promises our aspirations our longings our expectations when we start our career or family or so many hopes and dreams but in reality they all fade away the spouse is a great spouse on wedding day the job is a beautiful job when you start your job the house has been beautiful the day you moved in but the excitement has gone it's pure blah all of a sudden in the morning it is leah excitement for the night but in the morning it's leah disappointment when life's realities hit us how would you and i respond to that what do you do when it happens to our lives you either start blaming others and those we have around us and say that i've got to get have better ones better woman better man better job better home better finances i have that attitude of an entitlement in my life i deserve it but it will not, it will not help you we make a fool of ourselves when you do that but this is how the world handles the problem and it even promotes it let me move on i don't have time to dwell on it but please don't think out of it and meditate on what i am trying to tell you some of us blame ourselves and become depressed and even tend to punish ourselves for the mess we are in we withdraw and hide and if it's the worldly people they even commit suicide they blame themselves for what they are going through and and a third group blame life and harden their hearts and never hope for anything better and they become a hard cynic there's a fourth group who believes that if there is nothing in this world that is ever rachel then rachel must be beyond this life for me let me say that again there is a fourth group who believes that yes i love rachel but if that rachel is not for me in this world that experience must be for me in the other world 
if there is nothing in this world that will ever satisfy me then that means i am made for something beyond this world and that will make you a christian some of the joys that we dream of are not really meant for us in this world brothers and sisters our problem our mistake is that we create an ideal world for us with all our dreams with all our hopes and people we desire and define happiness as having all of them if i get this gorgeous woman or man if i get this house or car or that much money if only i were married i will fulfill my dream of happiness if only i had children if only i had sons or daughters then i'll be happy we idealize and idolize a world for ourselves and when that doesn't happen we panic we get frustrated and we get angry and we give up and withdraw we blame others we blame god but there are some good news hidden in the passage that we read the first good news is that our god is a god who works with weak people our god works with weak people what do i mean by that a weak person like jacob a weak person like leah a person like jacob who practiced duplicity who practiced polygamy and bigamy abused and treated women like a commodity god can use a weakling like that for his glory to be the seed bearer i will take a diversion here and spend two minutes discussing something else i mentioned the word polygamy and bigamy the scripture does not condone or endorse polygamy or bigamy in fact every part of the scripture condemns polygamy and bigamy yes you do see some of the great men of god practiced it that does not mean that god endorses some practices the scriptural paradigm is not the weakness or the practice of the fallen human nature exhibited even in some of the great men of god every time such a behavior is described you can see the absolute misery and the hellish experiences that followed it you see the stupidity and the backstabbing that happened in the lives of abraham jacob david elkanah the father of samuel and many others we are confused because we feel that the bible should be a book of all virtues and it is not it is not as inspirational story of role models it is not a series of stories about good people the bible is not about role models at all it is not even about following great people all the other world religions in their book idolize 
റോൾ മോഡൽസ് ഫോർ ദം ഗോഡ് ഇസ് അറ്റ് ദ ടോപ്പ് ഓഫ് ദ ലാഡർ and we must work hard our way to get to him by our virtues there god is asking us perform do good live right follow the heroes go for pilgrimage and if you try hard you will get there but humanity just can't make up the ladder all of them try hard but have fallen short and they have fallen off but the bible teaches about a different god a god who is constantly working to transform us even the ones of us who are imperfect sinful even to the point of resisting god and running away from him jesus said john 115 you will see angels ascending and descending on the son of man christ said you can never come up the ladder i came down the ladder the ladder rests on me i died for you so i become the ladder for you hallelujah so you can go up why would bible give us the kind of story that is not so perfect why would god want to pick a terrible guy like jacob to be a strong link in the line of faith look at all these people that i mentioned who received the promise they had the revelation of god they have seen the miracles in their lives but they mess up again and again and again our god is not a god who sits at the top of the ladder he came down to us the bible stories are not stories of role models but of weak people like you and i who may strong god had to come down become weak like us and die on the cross to transform us yes our god works with weak people weak God chooses the weak things of the world to shame the strong 1 Corinthians 127 yes god works with weak people that's why the holy god chose terrible people like you and i to show his grace in us the second good thing the second good news god works through weak people what do i mean by that god uses people who are weak on their own to strengthen us god uses a laban all with all his cunning and meanness to transform jacob and make him straight and humbled god works in our lives through weak people right now there may be a laban in your life you pray lord why in the world did you place this person in my life why didn't you take him out of my world the answer is for you to be brought to the plan and purpose of god god has allowed him to be in your life god works with weak people god also works 
through weak and raw people. And thirdly, God works in the weakest of us. God works ways in the weakest and the most broken of us. That's what's so special about Leah. There are many words that are used for God in the Old Testament. As the, it is being translated to English. One word, such word is Elohim. Which means the most high God. It's a generic term for God. And has been used by, by all religions. Elohim, the high God, supreme God. But there is a different word, Yahweh. That has been used in his relationship to Abraham, Jacob, Isaac and Jacob and his covenant people. He used that word Yahweh. When you look for the same word Yahweh in English, the translation is not God. The translation is the Lord. The name of the Lord. L-O-R-D capital. It refers to the Messiah. Now look at Leah. She is doing something very special. I probably will take a few more minutes. She's asking herself, how do I get out of this mess? I am in. I am in a mess now. How do I get out of it? I knew I was nothing in the eyes of this world. But there has to be a way out. There has to be a way out. How am I going to survive this situation I'm in? And she hears the voice. A child. A child. Leah, you should bear the child. And Leah starts to have children. To Jacob, Leah is just an object. But every time a child is born, Leah is experiencing something different. She's coming in expectation to her husband. Reuben is being born. Reuben was born and she named him Reuben. My husband will love me. That's what she said. Nothing happened to Jacob. Another child is born, Simeon. She shouts out, now my husband will hear me. Jacob is unchanged. A third one is born. Levi. My husband will be attached to me. Nothing happens. She's crying out to her husband. For love to be heard. To be accepted and to be appreciated. And nothing is happening from Jacob. And then something amazing happens. A fourth son is born. She says... Now I will praise the Lord and named him Judah. And at that very moment, she got her life back. She did not run to her husband this time. Leah never complained after that. Laban, Jacob and all the others who used and abused her disappeared from her horizon all of a sudden. She stood up and got her life back. When she stopped looking at her husband for things that only God can give. When she finally turned to God, she said, this time I will praise God. 
Who was this child? It was Judah. Why did Leah do that? What is special about Judah? Get this. God comes to Leah and says, You will bear the seed of the Messiah. Because Judah was the seed bearer. Read the genealogy of Jesus as he's written in Matthew and Luke. Who was the seed bearer? Judah. The rejected, the unloved, the ugly, the unwanted. Leah, you have been chosen to become the woman who bears the seed in your womb. How did she learn about this seed? How did she learn about this seed? Leah must have heard about the promise of the seed. The promise of the Messiah. She was not believing in the God who was at the top of the ladder. But the one who was down, who came down the ladder. The Lord, the Yahweh, the God who saves by grace. Why, did, why would God do that? It says right there. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he came to her. So powerful, isn't it? God loves who others don't love. God comes to the weak because he wants to show his grace through them. Let me tell you something. We are the Leah. Not very attractive. Not very much to brag about. Not very strong. We have nothing to brag about. But to our Savior, we are his beloved. We are his own. He paid a price as big as himself for us. He, he chose you and me to show his strength in us. We bear his seed. Yeah, the church is the display of God's strength in the weakest person. Now listen to this. Sometime later, I'm almost to the end of my message here. But I want you to listen to me something. Sometime later in his life, Jacob had re revealed a revelation and Judah, that Judah is the messianic seed bearer. Read his words of blessing about Judah. Genesis 49 verses 8 through 12. I'll just quickly read it. Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's son will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness who dares to rouse you. The scepter will not depart from Judah. Nor the ruler staff from between his feet. Until he, to him it belongs, shall come and the obedience of the nation shall be his. Jacob had the revelation of the lion of Judah and the king of kings coming through his son Judah. Hallelujah. 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 The rejected girl. God chose her to be the seed bearer. Hallelujah. Let me conclude here. In Genesis 49, verses 29 on, there is a description. This is the dying declaration, the last words of Jacob. 
You know what he is saying there. Hallelujah. Then he gave these instructions. Jacob has not spoken anything after this. These are his last words. Then he gave them this instruction. I am about to be gathered to my people. Bury me. Bury me with my fathers in the cave. The field in the field of Ephron the Hittites. The cave in the field of Machpelah. Near Mamre in Canaan. Oh, very specifically he's telling. This is exactly where I want you to bury me. Which Abraham brought. Bought along with the field as a burial place. And Abraham and his Sarah were buried. Where there Isaac and his wife Rebekah were buried. There I buried Leah. Towards the end of his life. Jacob had a great desire to be buried next to Leah. She did not say I want to be buried in Bethlehem with my beloved wife Rachel. Actually he is telling Joseph the son of Rachel. He is telling him I want to be buried next to Leah. Because she was the seed bearer. I neglected her all my life. Never said a good thing to her when she was alive. I refused to love her even when she begged me for an ounce of love. I used her. I abused her. I put her through hell. But my life has taught me that she is the seed bearer. Brothers and sisters, hallelujah. Please make up when people are alive. Hallelujah. Be thankful to them when they are alive. Please say those good words when they are alive. Not before a casket in your black suit when you are standing here. When they are able to respond and give you a smile. Be nice to them. Tomorrow maybe one day too late. Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Rebecca, Jacob, Leah. That's how they paired. They are the seed bearers. Let me come to conclude. If there's anyone who is listening to me this afternoon. Thinking that someone has messed you up. Someone has ruined your dreams. Just look at Leah. She's not bitter. She's not hateful. She's not deceiving like her husband did. She says, this time I will praise God. I will not look to anything to give me what God alone can give me. Is there anyone who feels ugly and unloved this morning? Neglected and put down. The only eyes that really matter are radiant about you. Those are the eyes of your Savior, Jesus. That's all you need. Just start praising Him. That's all that matters. May the good Lord bless you in this world. Hallelujah.